What's up, everybody? Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Monday, May 10th, two days after El Trafico, the first El Trafico that happened this season. It was an exciting one. It was a thrilling one. It had everything you wanted. It had motions. It had controversial calls. Chicharito scored. We all know what happened. We're going to recap the game. We're going to talk about that in depth. And here to help me uh, talk about that, we got Andy Diosa and we got Alicia Rodriguez. How you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Before we get started, before we even get deep into it, we, we just got to give a shout out to all the mothers out there and also to Alicia Rodriguez, who's a mother. So happy Mother's Day to you, Alicia. I hope you spent it well. Did you, did that? Did the family take care of you? I'm assuming they did. Yes, definitely. Uh, I I for the most part shut out uh, soccer for the day, which I think you probably know for me is a hard thing to do, but it was also something that was needed. So sp- had a good day with the family, ate some good food. No complaints on my end. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, my mother lives out of state, so I gave her a call. You know, reminiscent of the good old times, getting whooped by like the chancla and all that stuff. You know, making her laugh. What about you, Andy? How did you spend Mother's Day? Yeah, same man. My mom is is uh, another side of the country, so make sure I called in on her and my sister, and you know, make sure they were good. Sent my mom some uh, some money to buy some sneakers she wanted, and so basically about it. I kind of relaxed on my own yesterday. Hey, she got the kicks. Would she would she get some Air Forces or what? She's trying to find some some new gym sneakers, so we'll 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 see we'll see what she comes up with. <laughs> yeah, I know you're definitely mad. You got to get you got some style, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if your mom also has a little bit of swag. Um, but yeah, obviously it was, it was Mother's Day. There was there was a lot going on. Um, obviously you know Andy and I we we went to the game. We, we carpooled. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Just just going into that right, and we we also got to see. Um, how you how the experience is right going up to the stadium and how like how we drove from from the side and how like not all, not all of the parking is pretty much just taken up. But Anthony, what, what, excuse me, Andy, what were your thoughts going into this game? Um, yeah, it was just cool, man. I mean, I think we've talked about it just all the time. Like the the difference that the fans make in in games in general is is something you can't really put a price on, but just in this rivalry on top of just being fans back, it's amazing because we were at, you know, the stadium last year where we would have to watch these games in, in silence in an empty stadium. And it, it sort of feels like a preseason scrimmage. I mean, there's still the intensity between the two teams and the rivalry and everything that goes into it, but just seeing people back outside celebrating and tailgating and, you know, the banter back and forth between the two clubs leading up to the game. It's, it's, it's what makes this fun on top of the fact that the soccer is usually pretty entertaining itself. Yeah, and Alicia, for you, how excited were you to watch this game, the first uh, El Trafico of the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a big game for both teams coming in. I think uh, they were in a similar mindset coming into the game, so it wasn't a situation where one team was doing really great and one team was doing poorly. Um, I think, you know, it was early in the season, obviously, but I think both teams, you know, felt like they had a good chance coming into the game, and I think that that helped contribute to how the game turned out. I think both teams can feel pretty good about some parts of the game and both teams can feel not so good about other parts of the game. And obviously the victor is going to be a lot happier about, you know, how it turned out. Definitely. Definitely. Quick in the chat. We got G man saying geo. What's up G man. Always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Sebastian says, nice. Sebastian also says, save the crew. I'm with you on that. My goodness. What were they thinking there? We'll talk about that too, man. That is that is one of the the most like historic logos and everything. I, they want to be a global brand, but uh, come on now, come on now. Terrible, terrible. Be 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 local first, and then and then go go global. Come on now. I don't know. That got that got me a little hyped. But like Andy, you and I obviously you were with me doing doing fan interviews, and I think for me is like it's always a reminder like how passionate each how passionate each fans are, right? And how. They're so witty with, you know, when we're talking about them, like all oh, the jerseys are just different things. You know, it just, it's just like, man, it's, this feels like the old times when I, we used to go to the stadiums with the fans and stuff. What, what did you take part? What did you take of that from the fan interviews? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you know, for, for a rivalry, you're going to have you're going to have, I guess, the sense of like there's actually people that don't like each other, which is unfortunate. But that's just kind of natural when it comes to rivalries in sports. But Along the same lines, you you know, you see LAFC fans and Galaxy fans in the parking lot interacting and just having fun before the game. And it's like it reminds you of, of uh, the community aspect of, of what this rivalry brings, not only to L.A., but to MLS. And I think one of the guys said it like at the end of the day, you know, it's all fun and games, but we're just happy that the product is growing. The fan bases are growing and 
And LA is at the forefront of showing that with such an important rivalry with two teams that really get after each other and two fan bases that are really passionate about, you know, what those franchises are doing. So it's just really a beautiful thing to see the sport keep growing and the league keep growing as well. Yeah. And I think what I was talking to, to a fan after the game, he's like, he's like, I don't know how old you are, man, but he's like, I remember what they wouldn't even show MLS on, on sports center. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't think it was until like Beckham or whatever. And it, it just, it just brought back so many memories. Like, dang, it really has like, you know, grown so much. Uh, at least I'm assuming you uh, you remember those times. Like obviously now into the, going into the this game and this rivalry. Like MLS is you know it's, it's on Big Fox now. It's, it's on national TV and like you know it's only getting better and better. What what are your thoughts on MLS finally getting you know some of the respect that it deserves? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because when uh, the game ended on Saturday, uh, the local Fox affiliate went into an MLS like highlight show. And I thought that they, you know, I was at first I was impressed that they were even covering El Trafico at all. And then I was impressed that they were doing like other games are like, oh, here's what happened in Nashville's game. And I'm like, <laughs> this is network television in Los Angeles. This is incredible. Right. Like uh, I still I don't know about you guys, but I still go around in L.A. Uh, you know, what do you do? Oh, I cover soccer. Oh, cool. Like, what do you cover? MLS. Oh, I went to a Galaxy game like, I don't know, 15 years ago. You know, like it's very – it's still a little bit niche. So to have them putting it on TV and like you said with Fox, um, I mean, the more often they're going to put these games on like over-the-air network television, the better the ratings are going to be. Like this isn't rocket science. Like as long as the networks are willing to put it on, you know, there's going to be people watching and that's going to be a gateway for more people to pick up on it and, and find out about it. And we're still in that moment when – there's still tons of growth potential and there's still a bunch of people who are, could be MLS fans and they just haven't really encountered it yet. And uh, that's exciting because it's cool to be in an earlier moment and to see the growth. And we've seen so much growth. Like I've been covering this league for a decade and to see the growth over the last decade has been remarkable, but um, you know, we're just scratching the surface. So that that's really exciting. Yeah, no, and it is. I, I was with you. I, so obviously, Alicia, you know this, but the people listening and watching the, in the press box, they, they play the game, but they play with the audio. And I saw that Fox, they were like recapping the games. And I forgot my man's name. I know who, who he is, but he was recapping the, the game, uh, recapping the MLS. And I was like, is he really going through the MLS in different games? And I was like, I, I like I literally felt like in my mind, I was like, MLS is like stepping it up. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like literally stepping it up and, and 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 I like that because it, it you know it's it, within the within LA you know you're starting to get these games more more on more on the the local channels where everybody can tune in everybody can watch and obviously this is a game that everybody wants to see and that's how you can get more of the fans so I, I like that I'm really I was really impressed with that and I hope they continue G Man said uh, how can three goats fit in one video <laughs> he's always good man I don't know man I don't know how you do it G Man I feel like you're the goat when it comes to the, these comments. Um, Galaxy Guy podcast. These, these games always provide tr tremendous entertainment. At the end of the day, it's all about entertainment. Uh, LFC always brings out the best of the LA Galaxy and vice versa. Vice versa. Uh, Sebastian says, quick question. What do you guys think about the development of Los Angeles kids and academies on the two clubs? Alicia, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's going to be interesting because we're going through a little bit of a reorganization period. Um, the, the two MLS teams, academies did not shut down, but they have gone to a new competition. They're doing some reorganization uh, over the past year. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the new competition shakes out uh, over time and how the recruiting wars sort of shake out between the teams. Because um, I think we've seen in any market where there's more than one dominant uh, or, you know, more than one MLS uh, academy, you know, pathway to pro uh, academy system, when you have a couple of them in the same spot, there's usually a lot of competition and usually one will have the upper hand for a while and the other one will come through. Um, I think at this point, they're probably on a pretty even keel, but we'll have to see kind of who emerges next to to get supremacy um, through the next batch of prospects and the next group of pros who actually come through and start playing games. Yeah, and I mean, a game like this Saturday could literally sway, sway a kid, you know, seeing Chicharito go, I'm like, yo, I'll go represent, you know, Galaxy or, you know, Carlos, say Carlos Velo was playing, he scored. That could sway him over there. Sebastian says we have to defeat the San Quakes, assuming you're a Galaxy fan. Um, Alexa says people say no one watches MLS and they're 100% wrong. I 100% agree with you. It's getting more and more exciting. 
you know, these rivalries are getting better and better. The only thing that was missing was 100% capacity. Um, G-Man says another question. Will the Galaxy and LAC outgrow their partnership that they have with uh, CS- CSUDH and TSULA? W- what are your thoughts, Alicia, on that? Well, I don't think the Galaxy will because their stadium's located on the campus of uh, Cal State Dominguez Hills. So, I mean, a lot would have to happen for that to change. Um, in the case of LAFC, their relationship with Cal State LA is with the training ground. Um, it's a small spot, but they specifically wanted to be in and around Los Angeles. It's hard to find open space. So until they decide they want to make a megaplex out in you know, Orange County or way in the valley or something, I think they'll probably stick with it. Um, if anything, I wouldn't anticipate any change in that relationship unless we're, you know, a couple coaches down the line, um, you know, something like that. I think with the the personnel that they have at, at present, I don't see anyone necessarily aiming to to make any big changes there. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, for, for the Galaxy itself, because they're right there. And, and that, that complex at, at Dignity Hill Sports Park gets used for a lot of other things. I mean, the teams that go there during the preseason when the refs come to, to California, the U.S. Uh, national team. So that's a, a really uh, well-used complex. And on the LAFC side, I mean, they 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 went through a lot to get that to get that going there. Um, like Alicia said, it's it's, it's a, the location. I think is what is most intriguing about it. Um, but it's it's a nice facility, and for for the players and the staff, it probably does make sense that they're located there instead of something like Orange County, where it makes it a lot more guys. So I don't anticipate any changes on either of those. Yeah, no. Uh, so uh, Sebastian says, I agree with what both of you guys are saying. Sebastian says, no, they're called the SGS, SJ Quacks. I apologize. I guess I was taught the wrong way. I thought they were the earthquakes. Um, Edgar says, uh, Eduardo, Eduardo, so my bad. He says, my wish is that this rivalry becomes more like River versus Boca. Definitely LA needs to start winning championships. That will spark up even more. Well, I think there needs to be decades before we, we get into that, but I, we, I hopefully – it gets to that point. And I'm sorry if you guys hear any noise in the background. Uh, they're doing some development over here next to my apartment. So I don't know if you, can you guys hear that? A little bit, but a little bit. Okay. We're getting by. It's it's not a it's not a I promise it's not a earthquake like we experienced in the game. It's uh, they're remodeling the apartment next door to me. So we'll just have to go with it. So let, let's talk about this game, Andy. Um, obviously, it was it was it was, it was a, an emotional game, like like we said earlier. But let, let's let's start with the Galaxy side, and then we'll go to, we'll go into the LAFC side. So the LA Galaxy started without Victor Vasquez, right? And I think because uh, of his growing, and I was I was wondering how the midfield would play, right? So I think we we got our answers to that. But uh, um, what, what were your thoughts on how they played? Obviously, Adam Saldana played. Sebastian Legette was up there. Grand Sir, what were your thoughts on, on the midfield uh, in the first half? Yeah, I thought I thought they looked solid. I mean, it it was interesting because uh, LAFC played their game and and obviously wanted to dominate possession and and that's really what they did. But that early goal it kind of changed everything. And it was like as soon as that ball goes in the back and there, you could already see Bob on the sideline scrambling and and trying to figure out all right how we're going to approach this. And they really did try to to kind of go about it a different way. And I think from my perception is Bob really wanted to equalize it before halftime. He ended up playing with three men in the back line for a good majority of the second half towards the end. I mean, uh, the first half towards the end before halftime, trying to push for that equalizer. That obviously never came in that in that first half. So I think the Galaxy held their own. I mean, they 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 looked they looked like they were up for the challenge. They were you know they were well prepared. Getting Legit back out there obviously is a big boost. Um, and it was just funny because like watching Los Santos in the first half, he looked a little bit slow, but he was all over the field and and you play a team like LAFC it tires those players out but the resiliency that they showed in that first half and then obviously in the second to to see it through was, was pretty amazing from that squad. Alicia how, how did you see let's talk about the goal how did you see Chicharito's goal because when I when I saw I was I was in the middle of press box and I just I couldn't see if you he was outside outside I just saw I was like wow he got the ball and then obviously he scored how did how did you see that play from home? Well, there's two parts there that, you know, the one part was it offside or not. Um, I think it was pretty close. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's a case where you'd say it was so clearly offside that it had to be overturned. I think, it, I mean, I think it could have gone either way, honestly. And frankly, I don't, there, I don't think there was anything here where there was a makeup non-call or anything like that. But last year, you know, LAFC won a game on a ball that went over the end line and then they went down the other end and scored and, 
this maybe was kind of a cosmic makeup for that, uh, frankly. And, you know, the Galaxy fans were really upset last time. This time they're like, hey, it looked okay to me. LAFC fans, you know, last time they were like, eh, don't worry about it. We played the whistle. This time they're like, so unfair, so unfair. So, you know, it, it kind of evens out, I think, in, in a sense. And I know that that doesn't sound very satisfying. But anyway, that was, I think, kind of a cosmic balance of the universe for those those two calls potentially. But on the goal itself, I mean, what was really impressive was how the ball ended up at Chicharito's feet. Um, Derek Williams makes a sliding tackle on an LAFC counterattack. And we know that LAFC is really proficient at counterattacking. Um, so if they had really sprung it, I mean, who knows what could have happened? They could have scored a goal right there. So first of all, he saves the, the counter. He stops the counter dead in its tracks before it really gets going. And his sliding tackle was like pitch perfect, you know, like textbook tackle. And then the tackle ends up going straight to Chicharito's feet, which is like one of the most like freakish slash impressive plays you'll ever see. You know, it's like, I don't think he could have, you know, tried to specifically pass it to Chicharito, but it just ended up going straight to him and, you know, good for Chicharito to be ready, make the quick turn, you know, get the shot off right away and and not get kind of like, Whoa, what happened? Because I think, you know, a lot of players probably would have gotten frozen in that moment. Um, he capitalized, but that was really impressive. Um, you know, Williams, I think, had a fantastic game overall. Mm-hmm. I think he did a lot of emergency defending on the day. Um, again, I don't think he meant to assist that goal, but, you know, full credit to him for making the play and and actually getting the ball to the, the goal scorer who who did his work and, and got it done. Yeah, people, I'm going to play the, the goal here. I have it. People in the, in the comments, let me know. Was it was it offsides? What are your thoughts? Was it offsides? Yes or no? And I'm, I'm going to play the, the goal right now. Maria stooping low. Big tackle. Yeah, so it was it was, it was quite uh, you know when I looked back at it I was like it was close but like I, obviously I'm assuming it went to VAR because they took a little bit and then I think when I was watching it I was like it was a quick decision so it was never like they took long when when I was you know at the stadium so I was like oh okay he, he definitely was enough sides but then like I think after the game uh, you know a lot of the media people were talking about it, they're like hey that looked like it was offsides right and you were, we're talking with a few people and I was like. I was like, I, 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 I recorded it, but I just saw like the side angle. I didn't see the TV angle, right? So I, I felt like it was, it was good, right? And obviously, after the game, you know, that that was a big topic that you know, he <laughs> was offsides, right? But right, if if you're LAFC, um, Andy, and that and that happens, right? You go down and go early, the first ten minutes. How, how did you feel that they they responded? after kind of like that goal happened because it was just, you know, it was just by a freak accident, right? Nothing they could do. But how did you feel like they responded? Yeah, I think they did well. I mean, you know, you can't do too much when, when something like that happens. Like you said, it's kind of just like unusual for that to happen. And I think the fact that it did happen so early, it was like, okay, let's not get, you know, too carried away with like this game is going to get out of line. I mean, we've seen early goals in this in this rivalry and we've seen games that have gone to, to you know, five three six twos or whatever. So, I think uh, they they did well in the first half to kind of just keep composure and they were challenging. I mean, if you don't forget, uh, Diego Rossi had a chance to score three minutes into the game and a beautiful ball uh, from Mark Anthony K, which would have also changed the complexion of how that game unfolded. So I think LAFC was was composed and you know in that moment, I think like I had mentioned, Bob was really adamant about getting the equalizer before halftime, and you could tell how he was kind of maneuvering the players and pushing them uh, upfield to to kind of get that. So it was good to see that, you know, Bob. Bob, obviously, uh, with LAFC, is a super aggressive team, and he's an aggressive coach. So uh, I, I didn't think they were really shaken. I think the first half they they did uh, stick to, I guess, the plan that they had to, to kind of see it through. 
Yeah, and talking about LAFC, right? We we know that Bob quickly made those adjustments in the second half, right? He he brought in uh, Mahal and Farfan for Sinfuentes and, and Chiqui Palacios. I, you know, I, I felt like Chiqui Palacios. I wasn't surprised by Chiqui Palacios coming off, but I was a little bit surprised by Sinfuentes uh, coming off in the game. Obviously, you know, he, he I think he ended up going back to the, the four three three. You know, with uh, with Bayer, Bayer Rossi, Mahala makes sense. Um, Alicia, what were your thoughts on, on uh, LAFC making those second half adjustments? I actually think that they both made a lot of sense. I, I don't know. From home, I thought Sifuentes had a really anonymous game. I mean, there were times when I was like, I don't even remember hearing his name called or, you know, anything like that in the first half. I just think it was a rough day for him. Um, obviously, he was the player who was tackled on the, you know, on the first goal for the Galaxy. Um, it seems like Palacios is maybe having a bit of a rough start to his season. Um, I think Bob maybe hinted at something after the last game too, saying, oh, we need to step it up a little bit. And uh, he's he's been on Palacios's case in the past. And of course, Palacios did really well in uh, CCL, you know, run to the CCL final. So it's not like he's just thinking up the joint, but I think there are games where Bob isn't really impressed with him. It seemed pretty clear that that was what was, you know, the case in this particular game. Um, bringing on Farfan, who, you know, left back is his natural position, but uh, there's a segment of the fan base that wasn't too impressed with his, you know, play at right back uh, the last two games. I thought he did pretty well, honestly, but um, I thought in this game at left back, he did really well. He had some really good balls, um, you know, to tr try and spring uh, scoring chances. And of course, LAFC were chasing the game at that point. Um, the winning goal didn't come on his side, right? It came on the opposite side of the field. So I don't think you can really blame him for what happened there. Um so, yeah, so I think that those were smart moves that, you know, made sense. Um, and, you know, it, it was one of those situations where in the Galaxy's case, I, I think they took a really early lead. And it's not like you say, OK, we want to take a lead late. I mean, you want to take a lead wherever you can take a lead. But I think they took a really early lead. And I think they kind of naturally were like, OK, well, we need to like get into a shell and like defend deep. And they went way too deep. Like there were pad there were like 20, 25 minutes of the game in the first half where the LAFC were, had complete control of the ball. And the only thing that the Galaxy could do was to get into a passing lane or to clear it quickly. Like they were not playing the ball at all. Um, and so that was a problem. And that was something that they needed to fix. And so LAFC were, they did a really good job putting them on pressure. Um, but, you know, they just didn't have the, the you know, the, the rub of the ball, the rub of the green, the rub of the green. Uh, they didn't have the luck their way, I think, in, in a few cases. And uh, yeah, it cost them. Yeah, not, not just that. And also, I would say, you know, Jonathan Bond was probably part of the reason why, you know, LAFC wasn't able to to capitalize on some of those opportunities. Like, Andy, you mentioned the, the you know, the going into the third minute, you know, I think it was, it was Jonathan Bond who came out on Diego Rossi and kind of made him, you know, adjust his run because if Jonathan Bond didn't come out, out off his line, then, you know, he Rossi could have had a clear shot. Um, what, what were your thoughts on, uh, obviously, he, he got man of the match by the LA Galaxy and the fans but what were your thoughts on, on Jonathan Bond as we were watching the game? Big time, big time. I want to come on record and say what I said two weeks ago. At the first game of the Galaxy season, down in Fort Lauderdale, which I was at, I tweeted he's going to be in the conversation for goalkeeper of the year this season. And I said that from the first game. I think he stepped in well. He was up for the challenge again, and, and that's what you need in rivalry games. I mean, he made that huge double save like somewhere around the 30th minute, which was amazing how he gets the deflection off Rossi, and he gets right back on his feet. And Latif strikes that ball really, really well um, towards the top, uh, the crossbar, and he gets up and blocks that too. Bond has been, I think, the the most important uh, offseason acquisition for the team behind uh, Greg Vandy, obviously. Like I, I've mentioned, he's he's formed a good relationship with the team. You could tell that the players are really bonding with him. No pun intended on that, but um, he's <laughs> really he's really shown he's shown uh, great great qualities. And coming coming off of the last few seasons for for the Galaxy, where We've mentioned the defensive lapses, and we don't know necessarily if this is a great problem that he's the the, the league leader in saves, but he's making the saves, which is the important part. You know, Galaxy are gonna are gonna fix their problems in the back little by little, but when you have somebody that's that secure, which is what he's shown in these first four games, it's gonna make them a lot more comfortable. So, all the praise for Jonathan Bond; he's been amazing. Yeah, no, I mean he, he had a solid game, and obviously it's unfortunate he had get he you know he's been scored on, but like we've talked about this before, we don't feel like those are on him. Um, but but yeah, another player that I felt also had a big game was was Joel Naranjo. Alicia, tell me what you saw from Joel Naranjo in this game. 
Yeah, I think he's he's been a little bit uneven to start the season. I think that's maybe a feature of his game. I, I think he has some good moments and bad moments, but I think by and large he was really good in this game. Um, along with Williams, I think he was making the most kind of headline grabbing, you know, defense emergency defensive plays that were really like he he was getting the foot in on the you know on the cross. He was um, you know stripping a player along the sideline before they broke free to you know really uh, spring a counterattack, things like that. Um, so I think it was a good performance from him. Um, to me, I really would like to see him just like settle in it right back. I, I really don't want to see him get moved around the field. I don't think that does him any favors, honestly. And I think if he just gets more time to like really hone his position at right back, I think that'll help him a lot. But, um, you know, there are going to be a few moments every game where you're like, whoa, what are you doing, buddy? But uh, I think overall, I think he had a good, good game uh, in this one. Yeah, I definitely, he definitely stepped up, and I think he was definitely him and Chicky Palacios always battling out. He definitely, you know, uh, I'll be Palacios in a couple of those one-on-one matches, and you you could tell how motivated Julian Araujo was. And I felt like you know if the LA Galaxy were going to be successful was because of Julian Araujo and being able to shut down some of those offensive threats on that right side. Um, another another player that 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 really uh you know impressed me was on the LFC side was uh, Diego Rossi you know we go into the 60 67 62nd minute excuse me uh we have this you know the combination play by was a blessing Baird, and you know Diego Rossi tie, ties ties the game and you know and evens things out i'm going to quickly play the play the goal and then uh uh Andy i want your thoughts on on the play So, I mean, that, that was a smooth touch by Corey Barrett. And then, you know, Diego Ross, he rarely misses from there. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on that goal? It's pretty, man. It's a, it's a very nice goal. That's, that's uh, textbook soccer right there. Team link. Everybody kind of touches the ball. And I think the most impressive part for Rossi on that goal is, is he touched. He was in the play prior. Like, he was in the buildup as well. And his off-the-ball movements, it was just a subtle run. Speaking of Araujo, he kind of just sneaks right past him slightly. And that's, that's what gets him into position. Um, He's he's great, man. He's he's the the focal point for this LAFC team right now. With obviously Carlos Vela still sidelined, and you know this is only a second game of the season. But I always say this with with the Galaxy and LAFC games: you you want these players that that are ready for these big moments and are ready for the stage, the intensity. And both coaches obviously talked about that going into the into the game. Diego knows what it is to play against the Galaxy. He knows what it is to score goals against the team. He scored many of them already. So. It's it's one of those things that you can't lose composure just because you're down 1-0. And that was the moment that you saw LAFC finally, finally break that wall down. I mean, they were prior to they were still knocking on the door the whole time. Like Alicia mentioned, the, the, the pressure from the first half really didn't didn't slow down when the second half started. So they were right there. So it was kind of something that you saw coming for, for a bit that it was like, all right, this goal is gonna happen. But along the same lines, the Galaxy were, were defending well. And you, you know, that's just a play that happens that is so quick. Uh the way it goes down, but Diego's composure at the end just to get in position and score there. I mean, it's it's what you expect from him, and it's, it's good just to see him back on the field and scoring because we all know the uh, caliber of player that he is. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a good goal. Uh, quicker here, the Galaxy, Sebastian's a little – he said the Galaxy defense was atrocious. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, he says, what do you think the Galaxy need to increase the defense? I think it's more more games playing with each other. You still got a lot of, lot of players moving around the parts. G-Man says – they can capture the alligator that was chilling at the Toronto FC practice and the Galaxy's defense would be five times better. <laughs> um, weird. The Galaxy, because I thought the defense was actually like, this is the most solid game. Too. Me too. Me too. I, 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 a 3-0 route in Seattle where exactly. was like, these guys need to step up. And one of the most important things to me about this week uh, heading into the game was that Vanny mentioned that he would like to get a clean sheet in Trafico. And that was like, 
kind of like head scratcher to me because I'm like, you're coming off a 3-0 loss in Seattle and teams have been scoring on you. The Red Bull score, Miami score, like you're going to, you're talking about a clean sheet against LAFC and for a good hour, they were looking like maybe they could do it. So I thought the defense was, was pretty up to par. I think Greg had him, had him motivated for this game more than I've seen this season and in the past year, I guess. Yeah, I would say if you have a question, Mohammed, uh, Mohammed, I apologize if I butcher your name. Go ahead and just drop in the chat. I, I, this is the best I've seen. I mean, they only gave up one goal. You know, they've they've averaged like two two plus goals a game. So you know, and obviously we watched both teams and how they were able to limit LFC to one goal. You know, it was, it was mighty surprising. So after that, after that happened, obviously Greg Vanny quickly makes adjustments. He brings in Cameron Dunbar and Sasha Klesman. Uh, in the 63rd minute, um, and uh, Efrain also comes in. Oh, excuse me, he come, brings in Cameron Dunbar. Yeah, Sasha Klesman, the 63rd minute. Um, what, what were your thoughts on uh, when when Greg Vanny made made those substitutions, and he knew he had to, you know, bring in fresh legs into the game? Well, at first, I I don't think I really saw an impact in the first couple of minutes because LFC were really pushing to get a second goal, and the Galaxy were kind of like at their wit's end trying to, you know just stop them and keep it to one, one for the time being. And I remember question came on the field and there were a couple of rough touches he had just to start with. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. This may not work out very well. Um, but they played their way into the game. And I think in particular, the, the homegrowns did a really, really good job. Like um, I kind of missed it in the scramble for the, you know, on the second goal, but like Dunbar was the person who, who turned the ball over ultimately, um, you know, to, to get it to Chicharito to get the winner. Um, so he's doing defensive work deep, you know, deep in the attacking end, um, you know, to try and strip the ball and to, you know, get a chance out of nothing, really. And I mean, that was the, you know, the difference in the game overall. So he's been fantastic. I'm really glad that he's actually getting playing time because the little bit we saw of him last year, he was really good. And then we never saw him again. And that was pretty frustrating. Um, and then for Efrain, this was definitely his best, uh, uh, you know, shift of the of the season so far. I thought against Seattle, he he was really disappointing. I don't think he really did anything on the day. And I, I think to an extent um, he probably didn't get the role he ought to have against a really difficult opponent. I think he was put in a tough position in that game, but in this one, it was basically like hold possession, um, try and get us some more chances, like do what you do, um, you know, and, and, and make sure that we get to keep the ball a little bit more. And uh, he did that. And I think he did a really good job of, of um, you know, pushing the ball upfield. Uh, he didn't, cause any you know really great uh scoring chances himself but just in in the ability to uh hang on to the ball a little bit uh he helped them quite a bit and uh so that was really promising from him because I think people are expecting a lot from him uh like I said last week it was a little bit not so good so to have a a a stint like this I think was really uh promising and um yeah it's it's the kind of thing where like you can debate, uh, you know, whether the Galaxy deserve to win, but I think what, like almost to a man, you know, just about to a man, you can like point to like, th- that guy did a really good job. Like that guy did his part, you know, he did, he made this one play that was really outstanding. This guy stood on his head all day and, you know, they came together and, and did what they had to do to get the win. So I think uh, in that re- respect, it was, it was a really good day for the Galaxy. Yeah, no, it was it was it was definitely a good win, and obviously everything you mentioned by Franny, I, I agree. He had he definitely had a, an impressive, uh, you know, a game or you know twenty minutes when he came into the Hugo Hugo Lopez says, "Wait, bring back the LAFC versus <laughs> Galaxy fan." We will. We'll probably have out. We'll probably have him on tomorrow. He said, "Oh, he said bring my the ladies you had on your last stream." Um, He's like, I'm dying to see the reactions. We we got we got the banter does not stop. You know the banter. And that's what I love about this rivalry. It, it continues. Uh, it continues even after the game. Um, but Andy, I wanted to ask you about obviously uh, Ken Wan. He came into the 70th minute, and, and Danny Masewski. Uh, those were the adjustments uh, that Bob Bradley made. What, what were your thoughts on bringing in uh, Bob Bradley, bringing in Ken Wan into a derby, and this being his, his uh, first experience in the MLS? Interesting subs. I think if we were uh, caught a little off guard of the halftime subs of Mahala and Farfan, then uh, bringing in Kim at that uh, point of the game was definitely definitely catching us off guard. I like the I like the decision. I think I, I've said it before. I mean, we're four seasons in, and sure, we we're gonna put all the weight of this game on the shoulders of these two teams until they play against each other again in August. But we have to remember that it is the fourth game of the season, and and both these coaches are still 
trying to figure out what you know what they have to work with. So I do like you know giving him a ch- giving him a chance. They brought him in. He was obviously a big deal uh, signing, and we hadn't seen him. So I think for him getting his debut on that stage is it's pretty cool. Just giving him a little bit of confidence because it's it does a lot for players when they get you know they get those minutes, especially uh, against a, in a rivalry game. But it, it, Bob said it. It's kind of unfair to even judge him off of his performance in that game because of the stakes of how quickly it happened. I can't say that I saw anything that I was taken away with, and I can't really say I saw that he was terrible. I think he went in and was very anxious to get involved, and sometimes those, I guess, uh, emotions may get the best of you, but it's just good that to know that they have that option um, defensively where they're still trying to really figure out what their best ideas are, what their best subs are. So I liked it. In, in all, I didn't expect to see him at all. I think we talked about that at the, at the stadium. That was definitely shocking, but – once again, uh, it, it is good to see uh, Bob give, give him that chance in that moment. Yeah, one thing I will I will say, uh, speaking with Steve Hahn, who covers the, the the Korean national team. So you know, we ran into him as soon as we got into the stadium, <clears throat> and we saw that the list of the the right, and we saw that Moon Moon was going to be on the bench. And you know, I told him I was like, "Hey, your boy might get a chance to play." And this was his words. He was like, "You think he's going to play in a derby? Like, you think that's going to be a first game?" And I was like. All right, maybe you're right. You know, like I was like, maybe you're right. You don't know Bob. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you're right. And then like, you know, so I'm like watching the game, and then I'm like, yo, Kim Moon's coming in. I'm like, well, who's he going to come in for? Like, you know, Tristan Blackman, or you know, I was just surprised that you know Eddie Segura came out, came back, came off, and you put uh, Kim Moon. And I I thought it was, I thought it was because of an injury or something. Obviously, Bob uh, addressed that afterwards, and it wasn't. I just thought that was interesting. So many of the defensive changes, um, because I don't think they were they were necessarily struggling uh, on the defense. Uh, I felt like more offensively was where I think the changes uh, could have been made. Right? I think that's where that's where I was looking at. I don't know. You know, obviously, I'm not there on the field with coaching stuff, but looking at the game, I was like, I don't know if the defense is where where the adjustments needed to be made. Uh, Alicia, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I would agree, especially because the center back who stayed on the field ended up, you know, coughing up the ball for the, you know, the go-ahead goal. So, I mean, it backfired big time, but, I mean, you don't make a a sub saying, okay, who's the least likely to screw up big time, you know, in the key moment? Like, that's not how you you coach. So, um, you know, I... I agree that to me, it, it doesn't make a lot of intuitive sense necessarily to say like, oh, of course, Eddie Segura has to come off. Like he's steady Eddie. He's somebody who plays almost every minute of the season. And then in what kind of the biggest moment, you're like, well, you're the sacrificial lamb. You got to go. Um, I think he just really wanted to put Tristan in the middle. Uh, he really likes Tristan Blackman as a center back and he's like determined to make it happen. So he did. Um, and I thought that uh, Kim had a pretty good debut. He clearly was very willing to go forward. I think that's probably going to help LAFC a lot in attack. And especially at this moment where the attack's not really like fully clicking, like if you get another body up and able to, you know, progress the attack, hit a, hit a few crosses, things like that. Like he, he may be able to help them kind of unlock things defensively. We didn't see that much from him. So I don't really think we can really make a good assessment, but considering how, you know, crazy the moment was um I think he did pretty well in his debut but yeah I mean in the end the the reshuffle of the back line didn't work but um you know you can't really predict well is my player gonna try to dribble out of something in the corner and you know give up the ball and then it's all over like I mean that that rarely happens either so I don't know yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at that, at that final play, it was very interesting. Um, Andy, I know you have a background. You're, you're Colombian, and we were talking to the uh, on the way to the game, and you you knew about Jesus Murillo. So t- tell the people a little bit about your background, and obviously you're from Colombia, and how long you've been following following the the Colombian players out there. Yeah, yeah. With well, LAFC is interesting because both uh, Jesus David Murillo and Edward Atuesta played on the same team, which is the team I root for in Colombia, uh, Deportivo Independiente Medellin. So I've seen these players play in, in, in obviously in the Colombian league and seen them play in, in big moments. They both were part of championship teams there, luckily, which obviously boosts their resume when they get signed to a league that maybe nobody really knows about them. Um, Atuesta, we always knew was going to be good. Atuesta was a player that came through the the program and we knew he was going to be a solid player and I'm just glad that he's growing the way he is uh in MLS 
the Murillo part to me was very, uh, very iffy, um, just because I think that in, in Colombia he was not really considered a good defender. And the way that he gets his accolades here in MLS is like, wow. But I did tell you the way, when he got here, he's, he's definitely grown. Um, he's grown a lot. And it, I've seen qualities of what he's shown here that he definitely did not show when he was um, down in Medellin. But end of the day, he's a, he's a tall center back that is aggressive and, and uh, quick with his feet, too. So that um, that definitely boosts him. But I, I told you in the car, man, like he he has some some lapses. And, and as soon as I saw that goal, I was like, man. It's exactly what I was talking to Gio about a good two hours ago. Um, it's it's yeah. just how it happened that way. It was crazy that because you you were talking about like that you were surprised that LAFC got him, and I was like, well, you know, obviously I don't know like uh, Colombian players like you do because you, that's your team. You watch them, and you 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 had said you had said certain things that you were surprised that they made that signing, and lo and behold, he's he's the one that commits the mistake and kind of to a point proves your point of, of what you already knew uh, essentially about him. Right. And are, are you, we looked at each other and I was like, you definitely know something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, a lot more than what me or LAFC definitely know. And, and then, uh, so obviously that's why I'm asking you. Um, so is this, is this something that has happened before with Murillo? I just think that he, you know, it, it's, the position that he came in is really kind of trying to fill a void that we mentioned the Walker Zimmerman thing kind of threw LAFC's back line into a loop. And I, I feel like they've tried to consistently have a, a back four that they've wanted to count on. And I think in the past few games and I, going into last year too, we've seen them really move around and try to figure out, like Alicia said, do we want Tristan out? Do we want him in the middle? Do we want to play Eddie as a, as more of a defensive mid and throw somebody else in there? Mohamed El Muneer and all these names that they kind of just scramble around. And it's like they haven't really solidified that that back line as, as much as we thought they have. Um, I, like, I'm not going to say that Murillo is not a good player. He's a good defender, but I've seen those lapses and those moments in, in other games as well prior to. So it wasn't really surprising. I was just honestly shocked more so than that. I think I told you at halftime was the fact that Bob was playing with three back and he was giving Chicharito and Murillo the open field. And I'm like, that's a recipe for disaster which quickly changed in the second half. But I kept watching uh, Chicharito kind of off the ball, like trying to get into little spaces. And I'm like, if a ball goes to Chicharito's feet and he kind of just kicks it one way a little further, it's it's a wrap for him. So um, it's – I don't want to – like I said, I'm not going to trash the guy. I don't think he had a good game at all. And obviously the last the last play or the last goal, you know, it's going to it's gonna be a stain on that. But he's been he's, – he's, he's played well for LAFC in the time that he's been here. Obviously that's the reason why they, they locked him down. Um, I'm just, you know – I wasn't completely sold on on the on the move, and you know it, it is what it is. I think having him next to Eddie Segura, having two Colombians that really you know relate to each other and, and kind of know each other is, is very beneficial. So that part is is good, and it's just once again trying to figure out. We mentioned it, I think talking before the Seattle game, like uh, a def- a defensive back line is not really something that you want to tinker around with. So it's it's the, the fastest you could get, you know, the solidified four players, and then go from there, it, it makes it a lot easier because then you get into a position that Bob is pulling Eddie, putting in Kim, uh, pulling somebody else, putting in Farfan, and then it, it gets really complicated. So I don't think we're going to see LAFC in those positions much, but um, it, it definitely is a little bit of a cause for concern moving forward if, if that continues for sure. Yeah, uh, that, that I mean, that was the biggest thing that I was like making all those changes. It just didn't make sense to me, and I was like, it, it was just too 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 much of a mix-up. And then they, they want you to recruit in the chat, James Rodriguez, or oh, they're, they're talking a little bit of smack. He's like, Andy is Colombian. Tell him, how he, did he like getting smacked by my country 6-2? to two. Andy, your response? <laughs> uh, I did not like that at all. So. Viva Ecuador. Oh, I'll tell you. Ecuador looks, Ecuador looks good. Colombia at the moment is ruthless. Did, not, did not look great. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, it was not, not an enjoyable game to watch. Uh, they're saying William is apparently linked to us. Hey, trust me, William's apparently linked to all LA teams. So that we don't need to get into that just yet. But our Arsenal is not, is not having a good season. But but yeah, just 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 to finish off this game, I, I I thought that was the most interesting. And I and I want to play the goal. I have I have the goal here. Uh, where is it at? Here we go. So 
So that the goal happened in the 79th minute. Uh, Kim Moon and uh, and Danny Masovsky. Kim Moon came in front of Eddie Segura in the 70th minute. So nine minutes after afterwards, and obviously we we're not at practice. We don't know how much time those guys have with each other, right? But we haven't seen Kim play. Like it's different playing in practice than playing uh, playing a game, right? And when you make those switches, is, I mean, is that something that LAFC was practicing this week? I'm assuming so. Because it's not something you're just going to want to throw out there and try, right? But it's just something. I don't think that's something you, you want to test something in this game, right? And I, I don't think that defense was was at a point that like, hey, we need to do this. But to credit to the LA Galaxy side, they they took advantage of it. Alicia, when you saw that goal and you you saw Mario give it up, what were your thoughts on uh, Chicharito and then uh, Jonathan Los Santos scoring on that? Yeah, it was a heady play all around. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Dunbar, you know, put the pressure on Mario and and cough, got him to cough up the ball got it quickly to Chicharito, who really had no angle. Um, I'm pretty impressed with how the fact that Chicharito turned, got around a defender, hit the cutback, and then I forgot about uh, Efrain Alvarez um, like basically dummying it or kind of ushering it over to uh, Jonathan Dos Santos to, to hit one time. And, I mean, that turned out better because if Efrain had taken it, it probably would have gotten saved. But the fact that he let it run on to Jonathan to just slam it, um, that meant that Paulo Cisniega had really no chance. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, just heads up play by the Galaxy all around. I think credit to them for just being ready. Um, you know, like I think the 2020 version of this team, you know, they they would not have gotten to steps two, three or four of that play. Like they would have screwed something up along the way. And the fact that they were in sync. They knew the next play that was coming in the sequence and they were able to execute um, is really impressive from them. So uh, kudos to them for, again, taking advantage of like the one really, really good look that they had in the second half and that making the difference in the game. Yeah. And, and it, we talk about the sorry, yeah, as much as you talk about how impressive the LAFC goal was, that Galaxy goal was just as impressive. Chicharito, like you said, had no angle. That turn that he makes so quickly towards the end line, throws Tristan off just slightly, and then the ball he plays is, is ridiculous. And we have to give him a shout-out because he he apparently is Nostradamus now. After the game, <laughs> and he had told Jonathan Dos Santos he was going to give him an assist, and it happened. And Joe and I said, he, you know, he was yelling at Everett to get out of the way, like, let me shoot him. It turned out. It turned out beautiful. That's when you yell in Spanish and English, like, yeah. move, bro. <laughs> I'm coming in. <laughs> and Tisarito plays it just so calmly, so well. The pass is, is right where it needs to be blindly, but he knows that somebody's going to be there to hit it. I mean, that's that's as nice as a goal as you'll see in that circumstance for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's like, to Efrain's, you know, credit, he had a game all around to uh, hear Jonathan Dos Santos and Jonathan Dos Santos talking about a player that, that needed a goal and needed a special moment at home and is in a contract year, Jonathan Dos Santos, right? And you, and you saw it in the motion that, like, he ripped off his shirt, he took his shirt, like, you felt that. And I was like, I wasn't expecting that from him. But then I, it clicked to me. I was like, yo, this Jonah is like, he needed this. He needed, especially against LAFC, right? He's going to be remembered now. And he said that after the game, he's like, you know, this is a game I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, you know? And, and that's when I was like, this really meant a lot to him because he knows, hey, I have to do something for my team. I have to do something for my city. And I, and I put us on. And, and I liked his response. And at the end, obviously, he says LA's ours because, you know, they win and stuff. But, you know, be bold about it. And, you know, I like that he, he was the one that, that won them the game. And I like that, you know, it was Chicharito that assisted to him. And Chicharito, like you said, Chicharito said after the press conference that he meant to cut it back. Uh, what have you made so far of Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, Alicia? Yeah, I think his, his season, you know, he's been a little bit quiet so far, but um, he hasn't been a liability. I mean, he, I think for a large part of 2020, he was a liability when he was on the field. And of course, he was injured for part of that time or he was coming back from injury or he was out entirely. And so um, I think he looks healthy, which is obviously a big plus. And, um, you know, like you said, I mean, he's not somebody who's going to score a ton of goals, but he can pop up with one from time to time. He actually scores a decent amount from Mexico. So if he can get to something approaching that um, production for, for the galaxy, that would help them a lot, I think. But right now they don't need his goals necessarily, except for, you know, once, once in a while. So um, yeah, I mean, I think, and also he's somebody that, um, you know, he's been playing with some really young uh, defensive midfielders, right? Like he's been playing with Adam Saldana and he's been playing with Carlos Harvey for the most part. Um, against Seattle, he played with Efrain uh, Alvarez. Um you know, and and that's kind of a tough uh, spot for for a veteran to to be in. You know, you have to do a little bit more of the 
directing and water carrying for those young guys and kind of get them up to speed and everything. But I think, you know, they've done a pretty decent job of that so far. So credit to him for, for stepping up. And, you know, I, he hasn't been talking as much as Chicharito, obviously, uh, publicly about, you know, this, I have to get right this year. This is a big year for me. Um, but it's clear that he's also in a similar frame of mind. Like, you know, he, he's going to give it his all. He's, he's not here to just coast by in the last year. He's, he's here to really perform. And, um, you know, one of the problems last year with the galaxy was that like all of their main players underachieved. So even if the players like achieve, then they're going to be so much better. And so far they're doing that. And, um, and maybe a little bit more. So if they can continue to do that, then that should help uh, the galaxy's cause a lot. Yeah, and I mean that, and this is what you want from your from your captain, right? And this is what you want from Jonathan dos Santos, especially you know in a contract year. So right now they they have the LA Galaxy in the Western Conference, number three with nine points. You know, after four games, it's looking good for them, right? Uh, on the other side, LAFC, you know, they have five points. You know, then they travel this week in another tough game. Uh, against Seattle, you know, the best team, I believe the best team in the league, right? They're number one in the Western Conference. We saw what they did to the LA Galaxy, and we don't know if, if Carlos Vela is going to be available. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? Because they're they're missing their playmaker. They're missing Carlos Vela. They're, they're missing – you saw – and if Carlos Vela's from this game, then it's probably a different story for LAFC, right? But I think moving forward, I, I don't know if we're going to see Carlos Vela against Seattle because the only reason I say that is, is because of the turf. You know, and if he's dealing with that with that quad and, you know, we know how the game is a lot different in Seattle. So I, I wonder when we will see Carlos Vela. And obviously that, that injury is a lot more serious than that we initially thought. Uh, Any, what, what are your thoughts with LAFC moving forward uh, these next couple of games? Well, this next game potentially without Carlos Vela again. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting that Bob uh, clarified that it was a minor injury at the, at the post-game press conference, which um, – Everybody kind of had a nice reaction to that because they're like, minor doesn't mean missing four games, but it's well, one of know, those situations. Those, let me just put this clear. When Bob says minor, it's never minor. So <laughs> go ahead. Don't mean to interrupt you. So, I mean, it's interesting, man, because like Alicia said, the, the attack is what we're used to seeing from the LAFC squad, and it just hasn't been up to par. And we talked about it after the game that perhaps this, this team is not as deep as we always like to say, and maybe that's just the effect of not having Carlos Vela on the field, but it's like, when we talk about all the subs they made, they were mostly defensive subs. There was not really a, a big change besides putting Mahala in there in the in the beginning of the second half that really gave him a different look and attack. I mean, Danny Masowski, I can't remember him actually having moments in that game. Maybe I kind of spaced out at the end because I was too busy watching Efrai and Alvarez make people and, and do bad things. <laughs> but but in, in the case of, of LAFC, it's like now it's – I think this is a good thing for them because they're going to start feeling this pressure that they may not have, have – ever felt this early on like they're used to having these successful games and these successful starts and this is not the start that that they obviously want to get off to and not having their stock player on the field so this is going to put a lot of pressure on Bob it's going to put a lot of pressure on the players I mean I'm sure they're not feeling well after losing the game the way they did and then having to travel up to Seattle a team that he just played two weeks ago that they didn't really get much from them it's always a hard game when it comes to playing Seattle so it's it's a tough opening schedule for them uh the results haven't been going the way um, it's going to be interesting to see how they react. And I think that the narrative of that, that DP spot and that needed striker that perhaps they could fill is, is going to keep coming around the more that this progresses where maybe Vela's not on the field. And if he is on the field, then we have to kind of consider it like, hey, it's really going to be his first game back, the game that he does play because he played well all of 20 minutes against Austin. So um, it's interesting because even on that goal that the Galaxy scored, the first opening Chicharito goal, when Sifu was trying to break out of his attack, I thought instantly if Vela's on the field, that ball goes automatically to the right. And Sifu had a hesitation of, like, where am I going to go with it? And as soon as he hesitated is when Derek Williams slid in. So, it, like you said, if Vela's on the field, it changes the dynamic of that team. And I think right now they're missing him way too much, and I think the team is good enough to show qualities that they could play without him. But right now they haven't been doing that. Yeah, and quickly just answer some chat questions. We don't need Jonah to score a ton of goals, but we do need someone else who scores. Can't meet Chicha, I agree. He's a, Anthony says Vela might get minutes this week, Bob said. I don't recall Bob saying that. Uh, what do you guys Wait, think? We're the ones who talked to Bob, so. Yeah, we're the ones who talked to Bob. I don't think, I don't think Bob said that. He Bob wouldn't even say that, to be honest. But thank you for your comment, though. What do you guys think of Kali Classico? I'm not well, trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to be a hater. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll answer that quickly. I, I, I respect the history of the Cali Classico. I know the history of the LA Galaxy and San Jose. But to me, nothing – 
it's a different vibe when you talk LAFC because it's LA. It's LA. That's that's where I'm more excited. But I do respect the Cali Classical. I do like it. I do know the history, but I know the rivalry is more intense. And I know Galaxy fans don't feel the same way. They feel they feel like they have other rivals. Totally understandable. I get that. But I think when you talk about LAFC, this is a game that you're like, oh, we're, we have to beat them. We run LA, right? It's not. I don't think you have the same sense when it comes to San Jose because they don't live in, in the same block. Um, and I and I just want to finish. Let's see, lost their expansion. I don't know about that. Hold on. LFC lost their expansion team. Tam, welcome, <laughs> welcome to MLS. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, trust me. Yeah, after the expansion money, things things get interesting. You have to be a lot more creative. So I want to play this. We're gonna we're gonna play Alexi Lawless's um thing after the game, and I want to get you guys' thoughts. Very controversial of what he said. That's what Alexi Lawless is. So we'll play the video. Greg Vanny now in charge of the only club to win five MLS Cup titles, but the Galaxy have dipped as of late at the same time that LAFC has burst onto the scene, not just here in LA, but across North America as well. So right now, who is winning, Lex, that battle for Los Angeles? All right, I preface this with a couple of things. Uh, Number one, don't kill the messenger. And number two, the great Janet Jackson said, what have you done for me lately? Okay, (laughs) number one, stars, the Galaxy, Chicharito, Zlatan, the Dos Santi, Ashley Cole, LAFC, Carlos Vela. Galaxy win this one. Success. Galaxy have missed the playoffs the last three of the four years. LAFC, playoffs all three years. CCL final, Supporters Shield, best regular season in MLS history. Stadium, all right, don't kill the messenger. The bank is steeper. It's louder. It's more intimate. And by the way, it is in LA. The brand. Look, I go around LA all the time. I see a lot of LAFC gear out there. It is cool, and it is still new. And then relevance. All right, listen. The Los Angeles Galaxy, yes, they are a global super club. They are the Blue Bloods, but... In Los Angeles right now, there is only one super club, and it is LAFC, the Nouveau Riche. One super club, and it's LAFC. What? <laughs> what? Alicia, your thoughts quickly, and people in the chat. Let me let me know you guys' thoughts. Well, I think it's actually pretty finely poised at this moment. Like I, for me, I mean, I know what Alexi's doing. Like he's he's trying to be provocative, so we talk about it, and I totally understand that, and I respect the game. But I think realistically speaking, um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty balanced, honestly. I think, you know, LAFC is kind of settling into the post like new smell, you know, new car smell era. And we'll have to see what happens from here. Uh, The Galaxy have been on a huge decline for several years. I think that they finally have the right coach and they can kind of come out of that and they can be a contender again. And that's going to flip things potentially quite a bit. Um, I think both teams can potentially be quite good on the field. And then when it comes to marketing, you know, a lot of it when it comes to Los Angeles is if you have a good team, then, you know, the the marketing wins are going to come easily. And if you have a bad team, you don't get any traction. So um, if these teams perform, then they're going to get some, you know, some buzz. And if they don't, then, you know, they're kind of dead on on their feet. Um, so to me, it's 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 pretty even, Stephen, um, you know, where I live way far away from uh, the city. I see a mix of, of LAFC and, and Galaxy stuff, but I would say probably on balance, a little bit more Galaxy stuff. I just think the brand's a little more established. Um, but LAFC, you know, I have a lot of love for LAFC too. And I, I do see there is a one father at uh, my daughter's school who uh, wears an LAFC shirt. And I said, hey, nice shirt, man. And he was like, huh? And Never <laughs> mind. I guess I won't uh, bond with you over that anymore. Lisa, so. you're gonna ruffle some feathers, but okay. <laughs> Andy, your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, we know what it is. This is this is a reach. This is clickbait, and exactly it exactly served its purpose. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, just the things that he did, like branding, like LA, uh, the LA Galaxy have the second nicest jersey in the league this year behind Seattle Jimi Hendrix kit. I mean, that community kit is amazing. So. It, like it, there's no way that you could even argue the fact that that the Galaxy are losing steam. I mean, w- like Alicia mentioned, the, the first few years, okay, sure, it's a new team. This is season four now. We're not going to give LAFC this new t- uh, new team tag anymore. They've already taken their lumps. They've already, you know, gone to the playoffs. They've won Supporters Shield. They they made it to the uh, Champions League final. So it's time that we're gonna we're gonna say it as it is. And and when it comes down to it, when you when you put it put it back to the fact that we're talking about LAFC versus LA Galaxy, El Tráfico, whatever you want to call it, 
it is what it is, man. The Galaxy run this rivalry, and they have ran it from the beginning. Just because LAFC won that playoff game and they had the the big uh, game in the MLS's back tournament doesn't change the fact that the uh, LAFC have not won in Carson. It doesn't change the fact that they've, they've had these moments, the ghost of Ibra, the ghost of Andre Horta's terrible pass back. Like, these games are won with intensity, with heart, and it doesn't necessarily have to be who's playing the best soccer at the moment or who plays the best soccer that day. The, the LAFC had the 61%. Uh, possession. They they did what they wanted to do. They had their game, but at the end of the at the end of the day, the Galaxy win it because that was the resilience that they had to show. And that's kind of what that's kind of what my uh, takeaway from it is. Like the Galaxy have uh, have known how to prepare for these games. So sure, you're gonna have fans in LA that are that are you know happy to happy to have that new brand, the new hat. I think the LAFC logo is nice. The black and gold color scheme is really nice. Um, but at the end of the day, like you you can't forget uh, the Galaxy have have been here and continue to be that that global brand and. He's he everything that he says there is far fetched because what bigger uh, global soccer players could you have than Slatan and, and Chicharito? I mean, whether or not it worked for for the Galaxy when Slatan was here, we talked about how much exposure that brings to the league and to the team, and how much Slatan did relevant. Regardless of them not being able to get to the playoffs that first year, and then them losing to LAFC. I mean, he was right there chasing Carlos Vela for the Golden Boot the whole season. He the same way that the teams motivate each other, he motivated. LAFC and motivated Vela to have that 2019 year that they had. So there's no way that we we discount any of that. And and the whole Carson LA thing is is uh is a conversation for the fans that has no significance in any in any actual circle. So I mean, you know, LAFC for sure, like the fans know that LAFC applies the pressure and just because they had that great 2019 and supported Shield and then beating the Galaxy finally in that playoff game is always gonna go a long way in the conversation. But if you take the take a step back and look at the big picture. There's no way that you you mentioned that the LAFC has the edge on the Galaxy really in any category because I don't see it that way at all. Yeah, what I will say is is the uh, there's not one, there's two. I mean, the, you can't have one without the other. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like we what Galaxy were here before, right? They have the history. They they did they did everything prior to LAFC. But what I will say, once LAFC came into town. I, I've started to see a lot more Galaxy jerseys. Like when when LAFC came to town, it was like the pride. Like I represent the Galaxy. No, I represent LAFC. Right. Like if you were a true G, quote unquote, right. If you're a true Galaxy fan, like you rocked your jersey. Like you were rocking your jersey. Like I'm, I'm rocking my jersey. I'm a Galaxy fan. The pride. That's what I I noticed. Like I never noticed how many Galaxy jerseys were within the city right and that's the thing that i noticed about this rivalry but i don't know i don't think there's 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 two there's one super club i think there's two and they push each other right obviously you know you do i do see a lot more lasc stuff out there you know but i i wouldn't and you mentioned slotan slotan made made not just la galaxy relevant it made mls relevant in europe yeah, I do. I remember, like, I would post like a a, a Slatan video or an interview that get like five thousand views, like because it was Slatan. It was literally any place for the LA Galaxy. It, would, it was automatic. It was just like a one minute clip, and you know, I'd have like people from all over the world hit me up for like a clip of Slatan, and like you know, so it's like obviously the stars, but also I would add the relevance there, and I don't think they're they're far off. But when it comes to the game, right, what's the most important thing, right, to the fans and everybody is the game. Who's who who's won this game so far? Obviously, right now, you know, Chicharito did what he did yet, what he was supposed to do yesterday. I wanted to see him score a goal, and I feel like that was a game yesterday or Saturday was a game he had a score goal, right? Because that's one thing that I feel like for him. He needed to do not just for himself but for the fans. Be like, that's a game you need to show out and had a goal, had an assist, and bam, right. And I think with that, it increases the rivalry, increases like now Galaxy have the edge over LAFC. And I know you asked Bob Bradley this question about that they haven't won. I'm gonna paraphrase your, your question, but LAFC have not won at Dignity Health Sports Park, Carson, or whatever you name it, right? They have not won that, and that's one thing LAFC has struggled with. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. The rivalry is there, but there's not one super club. And I, I know uh, uh, why Alexi does this and why he was doing it, right, to, to, to ruffle some feathers. And he, he plays his role. And essentially, that's what he is. And that's that's exactly uh, what he what he did here. So I don't agree with it, but we're talking about it. And I think that's what Alexi's job, <laughs> Alexi's Lala's job was. So, But, yeah, uh, overall, Alicia, h- how do you see this uh, moving forward, right? Because I feel like this game was critical for for both teams, but obviously, you know, 
Galaxy, you know, they move on to Austin and LAFC move on to Seattle. But how do you see these two teams moving forward to potentially the next match, which I think it's in August or later that later this year? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of games between now and when they play again. So I think, um, you know, a lot, a lot's going to happen in the meantime. I think based on the start, you know, I don't want to get too carried away because I remember last year with uh, the Galaxy when they came back to the local return to play phase, you know, they won the first four games. And so it was like, oh, they've turned a corner and then they lost almost every single game from there on, there on out. I don't expect it's going to be like that again. Um, I, I think that Greg Vanny knows what he's doing and I think that they um, have actually turned the corner this time. But of course, you never know. Uh, we'll have to see how the games turn out. But suffice it to say, I think both teams are good. And I think... Uh, I think they're going to be, I don't necessarily think that they're both going to be at the top of the standings, but I think they're going to comfortably be playoff teams at the very least. And um, yeah, so I can, I, I think that they're going to continue to, to, to win more games than they lose. And um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the uh, summer transfer window. If, you know, either team is going to bring any uh, new players aboard, they might both be pretty close to the limits, but you never know um, maybe spring a surprise trade or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of games to go. We'll probably what 15, 20 before we get to the next one. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll have to see what happens, but, um, no, I, I, still think that, uh, you know, the galaxy look like they're, they're doing pretty well. I think LAFC have some things to work out for sure, but I think at their core, they're a good team. And, uh, I don't think that they're going to fall apart. They just need to fix some of the things that are ailing them right now. And, um, yeah, I think I think we may see two very good teams come into the next uh, meeting between them, and if that's the case, then uh, I hope it will be, and and I hope it'll be another good game. Yeah, Hugo in the chat says August twenty eighth. It's my ex's B day. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it then. You can watch. The game, yeah, right? you can go to the game now, Hugo. So don't so don't worry about that. Oh, uh, he says uh, he says he's, Sebastian says he's broke. Um, so Danilo says thanks, Gio, Andy, and Lisa. Guys, we're just gonna wrap wrap it up here. We've gone over an hour. So uh, Andy, let the people know wh- where they can follow you. Yeah, my Twitter handle is is my name as it appears on the screen, just with the underscore in the middle, Andy underscore Diosa. Um, my content will be there. I just published the Galaxy story earlier today. Uh, I write for Yahoo Sports, so I'll be uh, hopefully at as much games as possible and and interacting with people there, just following these LA teams and MLS from a bigger picture. So. Give me a shout. Yep. Alicia? Uh, you can find my work on LAFC at angelsonparade.com and on the LA Galaxy at lagconfidential.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Soccer Musings. Guys, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Shout out to G-Man. Always great with the comments, everybody. Hugo. Um, if you guys are listening, tune in on Monday nights. Uh, you know, we're talking LA. Well, today we're only doing one podcast talking LAFC and LA Galaxy. We don't need to do a recap. But if you guys are listening, make sure, make sure tune in Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. We're on here live. Love you guys' uh, comments on here. And if you guys are on Facebook and uh, YouTube, give us give us a like, subscribe if you haven't already. Would greatly appreciate it. Everybody that's on here, uh, you guys can follow me at Joe Garcia LA on Twitter. Give us a like, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook at LA Soccer Hub. So for for Alicia, for Andy, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.